0: And welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's ever a normal way for us to start this podcast. Um, hey,
1: hey! Welcome to the classroom, starting right now. It's <laughs> Brett. It's Haley. Go.
0: <laughs> That's it. That's. <laughs> well, today we're talking about *Prisoner of Azkaban*. <laughs> um, I I think I've mentioned like every time we even like reference anything that happens in this book. This is my favorite.
1: I it's It's. we talked about this a little bit before this is i think when you think of a harry potter book or film or anything this is the movie and the book and the story that everybody thinks of it's the time turner it's Buckbeak. it's lupin it's Sirius and all of them it's also probably the most like iconic harry potter look like if you picture harry you're probably thinking of like book three harry usually
0: right um, I don't think Daniel Ad- Radcliffe aged past 14-year-old Harry. No, he never
1: really did. <laughs> like, I think that's, like,
0: I think was that's just, part of it. He was just taller. <laughs> <laughs> he was just, like,
1: Harry, but now with stilts.
0: <laughs> um, but, yeah, and I think, I think the reason I know personally, I think the reason I love Prisoner of Azkaban so much, too, um, is because we get to meet the amazing characters, um, which we'll talk about later, of course, specifically Lupin and Sirius. And I think this book frames us to get, like, all the backstory of Harry's parents and their time at Hogwarts and, like, kind of break down lineage of Hogwarts yeah. a little bit, you know? Um, also, we get the Marauder's Map, which is just so cool, which – uh, we'll have to yeah, talk that's, about that's, it a little bit later, too.
1: That's That's another thing. This book is very, like – it has everything you think of about it. It has – Uh, it has the inflate the ant scene it has the i solemnly swear i'm up to no good it has a lot of the setup that like i I think it's interesting to compare that this book has a lot of things that are set up in it but it also builds off a lot of things that were already set up like uh the book the problem that we have with the last book was that everything was just like this needs to happen it's just a sort of like lore dump Mm-hmm. This is also dumping a lot of lore on us, but it's building at the same time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I, I think that's I think that's a big difference between um, Chamber of Secrets and Prisoner of Azkaban.
0: I would agree there. I think because first off, uh, foreshadowing gets more subtle in this book than from Chamber of Secrets. It was hitting me in the face, <laughs> um, and and like we had said, I think there was a lot of, of foreshadowing from Chamber. That was foreshadowing further like later events mm-hmm. whereas this did it tastefully it was not as it was not as aggressive and i like the term floor dumping i i agree to that there mm-hmm. um and this is also the turning point in the series uh this is when this is the last like happy-go-lucky fluffy harry potter book we get and it's yeah. really not fluffy when you think sirius and lupin were ready to murder peter straight up
2: yeah they were like rolling were... up
0: their sleeves they're like all right he's gotta die
1: um Yeah. <laughs> this this was definitely the uh I don't know, I don't know if there's a word for it other than just turning point, but in the series this is where it went from happy go lucky to like, oh like you can see like the like the art that it basically takes mm. in this book.
0: I think this is also the last happy ending book we get. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah, because Yeah. I mean, as happy right. of an ending as, as, you know, of Harry getting shipped back to an abusive household. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the last, like, you know, he, he's left on the, the last chapter. He's left on the promise of going going to the Quidditch World Cup. Um, and, and his letter from Sirius, where he's like, listen, me and Buckbeak are safe. Uh, yeah. Here's your permission slip to Hogsmeade. Um, and the next book, Harry has... Next book, Harry has PTSD. Um, he gets left with some emotional trauma watching a person get murdered in front of him mm-hmm. because of him. Um, and like, I just, <laughs> I think this is the, this like I said, this is the last happy ending book we get. And it's very near and dear, I think. I don't know. <laughs> um, so I guess, I guess it is chapter by chapter time.
1: Chapter by chapter.
0: Do you want uh, the first one this time?
1: Yeah, I'll start it off.
0: Okay, I'll post round one.
1: Alright. Um, so Harry is, just as every other book has started so far, he's sad and at home uh, and it his it is his birthday, and not a single soul in the muggle world cares about him. Um, however, uh, he's he gets some letters from people. Uh, it was like, I think, Ron, Hermione, and Hagrid. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ron got, uh, Ron sent him like a nice birthday card. Um, Sneakoscope, I think it was in it or something, something like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, Hermione gave him like uh like a broom polishing kit, a, a standard like grandma gift when you get like you get your license for the first time, So right. I thought was very sweet. <laughs> and then Hagrid got the infamous monstrous book of monsters, the living book. Yeah. Um, and then he's like, oh, it's it's a nice reminder that people actually care about me. That's nice. And then he then he goes to sleep.
0: Also, it's so it's so sad because we learn. <laughs> That's Harry's first birthday cards.
1: It's his very first, anything. Like they're like, like,
0: oh, baby. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. It's his abuse shines here.
0: Oh, but it gets even, even more so in chapter Mm -hmm. two, um, which of course is Aunt Marge's big mistake, uh, (laughs) where basically we are introduced to to Uncle Vernon's somehow worst, like worst sister. uh, Yeah. Somehow, Mister uh, Mister Dursley is not the worst of the Dursleys. Mind-boggling, um, but we see her just verbally abuse Harry uh, throughout the entire chapter um, until she insults his family, um, specifically his mom and his dad, um, and and then that res- it results in her her getting blown up uh, because Harry, of course. It makes complete sense. Harry gets angry at what she is saying, um, and he can't control himself. He literally cannot control the magic he is doing because he is having such raw emotion, um, and he blows her up. Uh, not like like not like, like bomb explosion, but like, like,
1: like uh, what's her like name? a
0: carnival balloon. Um, Vi-
1: like Violet Beauregard or whatever from. Oh, from, uh, uh, Willy Wonka. Yeah, Willy Wonka.
0: Right. Yeah, same vibe, uh, but in the air. <laughs> um, <laughs> and and then we see Harry just go. I'm running away. Gets his stuff and just leaves, which drops us onto the steps of the night bus.
1: All right, so uh, Harry, he's like, "Oh, I'm mad," and he gets out. Uh, he gets out going, rightfully so, by the way. He he kind of just right. had to deal with someone telling him, "Like, oh, your your parents deserve to die." Have fun with that. Um, so he he gets sent out and he's like thinking about how he wants to get to Hogwarts. When all of a sudden there's this big black wolf, uh, just sort of staring at him. Um, and then as he's sort of, like, f- trying to figure out what to do, he's, like, trying to, uh, sneak back a little bit, the night bus shows up and whisks him away, di- Diagon Alley, and meets, uh, Fudge, who's the Minister of Mag- Magic.
2: There you go.
1: <laughs> and he's, like, uh, uh and it's, like, hey, uh, you did magic outside of Hogwarts, that's a no-no for you, but don't worry, I'ma let it slide, cause I'm a sly politician.
0: Um, and then he see.
1: stays at the Cauldron until uh, school begins,
0: right? And in Lakey Cauldron, we get to see like Harry's life, uh, his three weeks away from the Dursleys, where he is just just vibing in, in Diagon Alley, <laughs> spending all of his money, eating all the bad things, and doing his homework. And then, of course, we have we have you know we Ron and Ron and Hermione and Ron's family all magically appear as you do. We get the argument of. um between Mr. and Mrs. Weasley about Harry's safety with the escaped convict Sirius Black on the run. Um, and and of course we just, that just kind of builds up throughout the rest of the series too. Yeah. Um, and we see how loyal the Weasleys are, are to Harry. And that turns out the only reason that they were in Diagon Alley and staying in the Leaky Cauldron to begin with is because they were responsible for taking care of Harry. Um, and then that drops us to the Dementor. All
2: right.
1: So they are all at the. They are all at nine and three quarters, or uh, going to nine and three quarters. But uh, as as they're leaving, Weasley's like, "Hey," uh Mr. Weasley's like, "Hey, Harry, I know you want to. Don't look for Sirius Black. Uh, don't don't do anything." And they're like, "Huh?" And he's like, "Bye." Just chips him <laughs> off. Um, and as they're as they're getting on the train, they stay in they, uh, a, a uh, They stay in one of the rooms. Uh, I think yeah. it's called the cart. Uh, yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, uh, one of the rooms. There's staying in uh, with a little, like, a shaggy, bum-looking man in there. Uh, But during the ride, um, like, to the thing, a Dementor shows up, and Harry gets his literal soul sucked out of him, but saved by the bum man who seems, uh, who is actually a professor of the dark arts, uh, Lupin, who expected patronums for the very first time, and gives Harry some chocolate to wake himself up.
0: Also, I mean, immediately set up to, like, Lupin is going to be the best.
1: Yeah, Lupin is, like, he, he is his he introduction is, is funny he is shown to be smart and he like, is up there witted.
0: with molly weasley in my favorite character category <laughs> and i just oh i love him
1: <laughs> except for one thing that he does later one we've, thing that we've that already touched to on that
0: one a <laughs> Right. um which next next chapter of course is talent and tea leaves uh where we are just introduced to, to the first round uh, of hogwarts classes we learn hermione is taking so many classes we see a little bit of bullying from Malfoy and from, from the rest of the Slytherins about Harry passing out after he almost got his his life wrecked by a Dementor. Um, and we meet Professor Talani, uh, who turns out to be the only professor that Hermione will ever just straight up fight um, in disrespect. Not the f- only, but the first. And uh, we of course, she is over div- divinations. Um, right, I think I'm saying that right. Anyhow, a very mystic, very, very... Uh, bit of a fraud yeah um and Hermione's ready to call her out for it uh McGonagall calls her out for it McGonagall can't stand Professor Chalani um <laughs> and then of course we I think is that the same chapter we get to see yes I believe this is also the same chapter where we get Hagrid's first his
1: very first well don't, maybe don't creature. say Hagrid's first that's a little uh Hagrid's yeah. Hagrid's
0: first class Hair, uh, yeah Hagrid's first day of school but we also, we also that's also the chapter where we see Malfoy get attacked by Buckbeak, uh, Hagrid's first lesson. And it attacks Malfoy because Malfoy's a, a little brat. Also, we learned that Hagrid's a bit of an alcoholic, which I think we could touch on later. Yeah. Um, we, th- that was just a random random note off, but we'll go ahead and keep going. Chapter 7, yeah. The Boggart.
1: All right, so <laughs> so the in The Boggart and The Wardrobe, they're sort of just sh- uh, sh- like shooting the crap about Sirius for a bit. Uh, and Malfoy's teasing Harry about stuff. Um, but then uh, a- after that class, I think it was they were, they were in potions uh, they go up to defensive dark art and see it's Lupin in there again, a wardrobe that is filled with a boggart, obviously that uh, shows up as your biggest fear uh, and it's, it's sort of teaching other spell that was ridiculous to make it look uh, crazy, to make it you not scared of it anymore uh, Neville's is Snape because he was berated by Snape earlier Ron's is a spider, of course as we knew from the previous book and then Harry's was a Dementor. And mm. then, uh, but uh, he had to jump in. Lupin had to jump in and be like, okay, nope, let's stop that for a second.
0: Which is some effective werewolf foreshadowing. Yes. Why is he afraid of a crystal ball? Okay, Lavender. Uh, <laughs> Next, of course, we have Friday the Fat Lady. Um, basically sets up just how amazing Lupin is. And everybody is hyping up Lupin, of course, except for, except for Malfoy. And we get... The idea of Hogsmeade and the first Hogsmeade weekend, and and we see kind of the tension between Ron, Ron's rat Scabbers and Crookshanks, Hermione's cat, which builds the tension, of course, between Ron and Hermione. Mm. Um, and we see the first the first Hogsmeade weekend, which is so upsetting for Harry because all of his friends leave him, and he just wanders around the castle, uh, for Lupin to kind of swoop in and be amazing, which we'll touch on later because I just <laughs> I love him so much. Um, and then, of course, we see Sirius Black has turned up and has slashed the portrait of the fat lady that guards the Gryffindor Tower. And she she's terrified, so she, she's running out of her portrait, and this is the first, like, direct attack we see of Sirius.
1: I'd also like to say that is uh, just... I know most of the people listening to this will be harry potter fans but that is her name that is not like yeah, is yeah. not taking yes. no,
0: no, no. i'm not being very i'm not being rude her, she's not she's, she's just, just really she's not
1: going at this person i want to make sure <laughs> i'm that not that attacking
0: is, this random character <laughs> i promise um, <laughs> um grim defeat then, yes uh, so
1: in grim defeat they're searching the castle but they can't really find anything on him, and they're, like, trying to, like, make the, uh, like, they're trying to make the password super, super complex so nobody else can get in. And then as they, uh, as the match approaches for um, Quidditch, it's, like, super stormy and super windy, and it's really hard to see. Uh, And then as he's, like, flying around, Harry sees the dog, and he's like, hey, that's that dog again. I wonder if that's foreshadowing. Um, And then gets soul sucked once again by a Dementor, and he, uh, after that happens, he wakes up in the hospital, whim, uh, hospital wing with his Nimbus 2000 completely shattered from the Wampum Willow. Yeah. So, great, more, more great luck for Potter.
0: <laughs> right, which sets us up for Marauder's Map, which is, of course, we get to see a little bit more interaction between, between Harry and Lupin as another Hogsmeade weekend is coming up. Um, and Harry is freaking out because he doesn't want to get attacked by Dementors again in another Quidditch match. So he goes to Professor Lupin and he's like, yo, I want to learn how to protect myself against Dementors. And Lupin's like, okay, I got you. But this isn't going to be easy. It'll start here in a little bit. And he's like, okay. And of course, Ron, um, Ron, wrong, wrong, Ron Weasley, Fred and George gift Harry with the the Marauders map. Um, And that is when... uh, Harry overhears the Minister of Magic and a couple of professors talking obnoxiously loud in Three Broomsticks and Hogsmeade um, about how Sirius uh, basically s- betrayed the Potters is the reason that, that his parents are dead, um, also his godfather. Um, and then, of course, Harry, Harry's Harry, and he was like, wait, what? And he just starts brooding. We are set to the Firebolt.
1: So Harry, overhearing this, is super angry uh, at, at Sirius uh, and is trying to get. He's trying they, uh Ron and him, are trying to like talk him down. Uh, so they decided, like, okay, we gotta calm Harry down. Where should we go where, whenever there is some tension in the group and things need to chill? So they take him to Hagrid. Uh, but that is also not happy because he got a note that Prissy Boy Draco uh, basically made Buckbeat have to be put down because he was bitten. Uh, so the, they're trying to figure out, like, anything to do there, uh, but they can't find anything where, uh, the magic creature was gonna ever win a court case in, uh, to the trials. Uh, however, things kinda look up when in Christmas Harry wakes up, uh, with a firebolt broomstick under the tree. Uh, hence the name of the chapter. And then they say that, uh, they they're trying to figure out who it belongs to, and then they, it seems that Sirius Black sent it. Um, and Harry's like, um, some leads into the Patronus.
0: And then, um, a little bit too, of course, with Hermione, Hermione tattling to McGonagall. Oh, yes. Sets the tensions here. So as Patronus rolls around, um, basically we, we have Lupin being number one, um, Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. He's teaching Harry how to protect himself from the mentors. And of course, uh, we see again, that that Harry hears his parents dying, um, when the Dementors get close to him, and and we see like Harry's determination in being good at this because he doesn't want to lose the Quidditch cup for the Gryffindors. And there's this one scene in this chapter where they're they're you know Lupin and Harry are are back at trying the Patronus charm again, and Lupin just he you know Harry says I hear. I heard my, I heard my family. I heard my dad, and Lupin just goes, "You heard James?" Harry he says, "I heard my dad. Uh, that's the first time I've ever heard him. He was, tr- he was trying to take on Voldemort himself to give my mom a chance to run." Um, and then and Lupin says, and the tag is in a strange voice, "You heard James?" And it just, that itself just shatters my heart.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We'll talk about that in a second too, um, and. I think that we see a little bit of making up between Ron and Hermione and and Harry and Hermione just a little bit um and then um, I think that's that's about it because then that, yeah because that feeds us into Gryffindor versus Ravenclaw.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh the Harry's getting a little bit more comfortable on his broom now trying to get his groove back after the last Quidditch match. Um he's playing against Cho Chang, who will become a lot more important later, but is basically as of now just a crush for young Harry, uh, and then he just, he's, he's trying to chase after the snitch, but as he gets closer, he sees the three Dementors, in quotes, walking a- along the field, and casts the Patronus at them instantly, and then catch the snitch fairly afterwards, but then he finds out the Dementors were just uh, some Slytherins, including Malfoy, just dressed up to try to mess with Harry they're punished, and then they have a little bit of a celebration uh, with the group. Uh, however, Ron is uh, sort of claims that Sirius, like later on, like open the curtains around his bed, which sends everyone into a, into a tizzy uh, and has like everyone sort of left in panic, which leads into Snape's grudge.
0: Um, Snape's grudge, of course we see um, Harry sneaking off against the better wishes of everybody uh, to <laughs> Hogsmeade again. Of course, it looks like Ron's alone. And Malfoy starts picking on Ron. So Harry, under the invisibility cro- cloak, starts fighting with Malfoy, which leads to M- Harry barely making it back to the castle. And Snape just grabbing him, basically, by the scruff of the neck, being like, huh, Mr. Malfoy told me a fun little ditty uh, that you happened to be in Hogsmeade and you weren't supposed to be. Snape manages to find the Marauder's Map, which is where we get the beautiful interactions of Snape and the, and the Marauders, um, of him trying to, to read the, the map and just them insulting him, and it just makes my heart, that also such a good, such an iconic moment there. Um, <laughs> and Lupin just kind of strutting in, like, oh, hi, um, you called for me, and Snape being like, this is dark magic, fix it, what's wrong here? Lubin's like, ah, uh, this is probably just from, uh, you know, from the, the from the gift store down in Hogsmeade. I'll investigate it, and then he takes it and he vanishes, uh, which sets us up for the Quidditch final. All
1: right, so oh, in oh the crap.
0: Quidditch final, I forgot, I forgot oh. that we learned that Buckbeak's supposed to be ganked. Um, <laughs> Hermione, Hermione rushes in at the end of the chapter to tell Ron and Harry that Buckbeak lost his trial. Okay, now you could go with the Quidditch final. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> okay you're fine um so uh they're they're talking a little bit about uh what happened with buckbeak and uh haggard's speaking all sad about it uh which malfoy like is like haha why are you crying about a dumb dumb bird thing and then hermione slaps the guy which is oh it, it's super nice so
2: good. uh
1: I, that that scene always i i love <laughs> but uh hermione's like late to char- uh, late to charms class. Or actually, no, I think she misses it entirely, and she's late to, uh, um, divination class, uh, which is not Hermione at all, because she's sort of messed up and sad. And then after, uh, she- the tree will gives her like another prediction to Harry. He's like, "Oh no, I see a grim in your future." Hermione just storms out of the class. Uh, and then the final uh, Quidditch match is getting closer, um, and. However, he's not getting uh, much sleep, so he's trying to get a whole bunch of nightmares, sees the black dog out the window. And by the time uh, Harry's like, look, look, it's right over there, run, can't see it and it's already gone, which is, if that trope doesn't exist in every franchise, I'd, I don't know what other what else does. So the, uh, when the game starts, uh, they're just playing normal. However, Harry's sort of out, a little out of his game. However, he's, he sort of picks it up at the end uh, and he's searching well, while he's searching for this uh snitch against Malfoy they both spy for the ground with Harry managed to catch it uh winning the game which is which is once again a very nice scene I'm not always for which I'm saying because I've gotten like all the explanations for it but uh, this this scene I really liked because it was it was like a really happy moment followed in like a lot of like uh oh there's a giant dark wolf chasing you sort of things okay. and then this goes into uh the professor Ch- uh Trelawney's predictions.
0: Um, which, and this starts us off with exams. Uh, we see Hermione has way too many. Um, and of course they learn that Buckbeak is going to be retried the last day of, of their exams. So we see the original um, Harry in the middle of, he passes all the care magical creatures, potions was rough, uh, Defense Against the Dark Arts, we learn that Hermione was afraid of McGonagall telling her she failed everything, which is so sad. Um, and then, of course, Harry and Ron have Divination Finals, and Trelawney actually gives like a real prediction, um, not the usual Trelawney mm-hmm. spill. Um, her eyes roll back in her head, she says some very messed up things, and Harry gets scared. She's like, ah, oh, I just took a nap, you're fine. Um, we learn, of course, Hagrid, or, that Buckbeak lost the appeal um, that he's going to get ganked, and Harry, Ron, and Hermione put on the cloak, go down to Hagrid's, um, and they find Scabbers, who isn't dead—surprise—who um, somehow is alive. Um, and we hear, we hear Buckbeak get it; and he's dead, and it's so sad. Um, and then, of course, that leads us to Cat, Rat, and Dog.
1: So as they're as they're walking away from the cavern, uh, I, they were hiding in the invisibility cloak because they weren't technically supposed to be there. But uh, they're having a hard time getting away because Scabbers is being, Scabbers is like shaking around and bites Ron and uh, goes, like, runs away. And then then Harry, or sorry, Ron's running after him and then gets pulled down by the dog uh, with Scabbers in hand into a chamber down in the, below the whopping willow. They, which then they see that it's a path that leads into the shrinking shaft. Uh, and as they go in, they see Sirius Black is there, uh, who is the the Sirius Black dog. They see he's in, uh, I can't remember the name. They say uh, Sirius Black's an animorph. Uh,
0: <laughs> animagus.
1: Thank you, animagus.
0: <laughs> an animorph. Close <laughs> enough, I guess.
1: Uh, they say he's an animagus, and they they're sort of a the trying to like figure out what's happening here, uh, and Harry's like getting like. like psyching himself up to like attack attack Black but then Lupin bursts through uh, confusing Harry uh, and they have a sort of uh, they have a sort of clash uh, Lupin and Black just sort of like talking about everything that's happening and they uh, uh, Lupin's like explains a little bit to them uh, and shows them the Marauder's map and he's like listen here's sort of the the truth uh, of the matter and here's what actually happens which then jumps into Mooney, Wormtail, Padfoot, and Prongs.
0: And that's, of course, where we learn that the, the, uh, the rat that, that Ron has cared for for so many years is Peter Pettigrew, uh, the man responsible for killing Harry's parents that we learn in this chapter. We see Lupin or Sirius is fully ready to just absolutely murder Pettigrew. Uh, Lupin stops him at first, and then, then they make him reveal himself as, as Peter Pettigrew. And they do not necessarily villain splaining, but like the good guy version of villain splaining, I guess.
1: It's it's yeah, he's they're definitely monologuing there for a very long yeah.
0: time. Yeah, tasteful villain splaining. We get we get him revealed as Peter Pettigrew, and and you know Lupin's like, hey, by the way. Uh, you know, Snape's been right about me all along. I never told anybody about you guys being animagus, even though I knew it was. And I've I've defied Dumbledore's trust, even though he get me he gave me a job as a werewolf. And and then Bla- uh, Sirius was like, "Yo, what does Snape have to do with any of this?" And then of course Remus is like, "Bruh, he's a he's a professor here. Uh, please don't." And then uh, and then we see Snape come in, and, and we learn the cruel joke. That that Sirius specifically played on on Snape. That kind of left Snape indebted to to James, and then of course, Snape coming in, which leads us into the servant of Lord Voldemort. Mm-hmm.
1: So, Snape Snape finds him because he found the disordered invisibility cloak, and is threatening to kill um uh loop or sorry, uh he ties up Lupin and is threatening to kill Black out of vengeance. However. Uh, the, the trio was able to disarm and knock him out, uh, which then prompts Black to explain the rest of what hap- uh, what happens, uh, why Peter Predigree did this, how he did it, uh, that he <laughs> I think that it said, which I didn't really realize on the first day, that he talked to Crookshanks and was like, "Hey, Crookshanks, you uh, you you good on this? You wanna you wanna come in on this?" Which I think I think whenever like the way I remember this was just that the cat didn't like the rat. Like had some intuition but no they, they like they had a buddy cop team yeah. up there that we just yeah. didn't see it behind the scenes
0: i'm just imagining um Sirius in dog form and Crookshanks with like the 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 light like the lamp yeah. in every police movie where it's like we know what you did where they're like, <laughs> like blinding a yeah, flashlight <laughs> <coughs>
1: it's like hey you and me we aren't so different you and i i'm right. a big black dog you're a mean old cat. We, we got some similarities <laughs> between us. Um, <laughs> but then, uh, but they're, so they're like preparing to deal with Peter and then looping back. They're like, eh, we're just gonna, ki- we're just gonna kill him. But Harry's like, eh, I don't think my dad would have liked that. So they all tie him up and start bringing him uh, with the with Snape unconscious into back to Hogwarts. But then that leads into the Dementor's Kiss.
0: Um, Which we see as they are leaving, um, of course, we have this beautiful scene between between Harry and Sirius where he's like, listen, when I'm officially free, I am technically your godfather. So you can come live with me at Not the Dursleys. And Harry's like, heck yeah! Somewhere that's not the heck hole that is that! And we see that, and then of course... Um, Lupin forgot to drink the Wolf's Bane potion to prevent him from transforming, so now Mm. he's in full terrorizing werewolf mode, and that, of course, when Lupin Lupin transforms, uh, so does Peter, and he vanishes. Sirius becomes a dog to help Lupin, and, or, you know, to prevent Lupin from attacking the kids.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Driving them away. And then they're running away. And they hear Sirius kind of whelp out in pain and him kind of, him muttering. And, and Harry and Hermione run off to try to save him. And we see the Dementors are swarming him. And Harry cannot produce the Patronus. And he is just so afraid. And then he wakes up in the hospital. Yeah, and that, that leads, leads us into Hermione's secret.
1: So Hermione's secret uh, is one, a, a very, a very, what's the word, iconic chapter I think, once again, thinking back, I thought this was, like, the last half of the book instead of just, like, a chapter or two. Right. <laughs> like, it feels it feels, ooh, like, right in there. We can um, talk
0: about that a little bit here. Yeah. Too.
1: And maybe that's also because the movie sort of blows it up a mm-hmm. little bit more. I believe the, it's a lot larger of a portion of the movie. Yeah. But um, it is when Harry, Harry wakes up and finds out that uh, Sirius has been uh, is his story of innocence has not been told uh, that Lopin has been has been fought off in a sense and then Dumbledore, uh, Dumbledore talks to Harry and Hermione and was like hey listen i I believe I believe you guys that black is innocent, but uh, there's not a I think the line was like there's not a shred of evidence to back it up they'd say but you'd need a lot more time than just you'd need a lot more time than you had to do it Which then Hermione's like, all right, bet. So she uses the Time Turner necklace that she's had to travel back in time with Harry and start sneaking around Hogwarts to sort of fix the wrongs that happened in the novel. The first one was they go to Buckbeaks and they hide in the f- they free him and hide in the forest to then make the executioner swing in anger, which the crew believed was his execution because they only heard the sound, didn't see it, and then <laughs> then they show Hagrid the beast, and he's, he's all happy, which is a nice scene. And then Harry sneaks away to, be, uh, to see the who's casting the Patronus that saved him earlier on in the book, and he realizes it's not coming. So he goes, oh, shoot, I guess that's me then, and then casts his Patronus, the same Patronus as his father, the stag. Um And then they rejoin together and fly up on Buckbeak to where Sirius is being held and spring them together which then leads into Owl Post again.
0: Um, And of course, that's where we see kind of the resolve of the novel, obviously. Um, uh, Sirius is free, Buckbeak is free, Snape is mad. Snape, like, straight up runs into the hospital wing and was like, I know, you know, he did this, you did this, Potter. I know you had something to do with it. And he's like, you know, Madam Pomfrey just goes, are you serious? Leave this kid alone, um, he's, he's and then in a
1: hospital bed, and he's <laughs> getting yelled at by a man like three times as old as he is.
0: Right, and then of course we see um, we learn that Lupin has been—he's resigned because Snape just accidentally let it slip that Lupin's a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we see we see um, Lupin packing, and him of course giving Harry both the invisibility cloak and the Marauders map back. And then um, we see, you know, Dumbledore being very kind of like, okay, I'm impressed with what you did, but there's nothing that we could have done, you know. And Harry's upset because he let Pettigrew go, and he's going to be the reason that, that Voldemort comes back. We get, the, we get the iconic line of, you know, you think, the dead, um, you think the dead we love ever truly leave us. And then we see Harry go back. To the Dursleys, but he will be saved by the Weasleys at some point um, in the summer. Oh, and and, and Sirius's letter. Um, Sirius's yeah. lovely letter where he's like, hey Harry, uh, me and Buckbeak are safe. I bought you the Firebolt. Also, here's your permission slip to Hogsmeade so you can go next year without sneaking around. And Harry, of course, gets to throw, by the way, uh, my godfather said, if you're mean to me, He's gonna show up here and he's gonna beat you up because he, yeah. he did, he's a convicted criminal who did twelve years. Uh Dursleys <laughs> wow. and Vernon Dursley is upset and begin.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like a wild one. <laughs> that that letter. Like that, I don't know.
0: And okay, like, I do wanna I do wanna talk about the fact uh, I agree with you. The last four chapters of the novel are so feels,
1: fast. They it's like it's weird because it's it feels it's not like they feel like they're long. It feels like so much happens that, like, time... And I guess maybe that's the point, that, like, time distorts around me, and I go, oh, that wasn't 12 chapters? Okay.
0: Right. Like, in my mind, after Christmas, like, uh, a common thread in the Harry Potter novels is after Christmas, the world just goes a lot faster. Yeah. Which is kind of, kind of true, I guess. Um, but also, like, the, like, specifically this book, the last four chapters happen in the same day. There's so much that happens. Which it, I think is, a like I said, that's pretty common for J.K. Rowling. Hopping on, like, our critiquing of her writing. <laughs> um, it's pretty common, I think, for her yeah. to kind of rush the ending of her novel. But however, I do think if she dwelled on it any longer, it would it would draw it out too much. Yeah.
1: Also, unless you had anything else on that matter to say real quick,
0: mm-hmm, um, you're
1: good. I had um, something that, to, it's a nitpick of, of J.K., but I also like it, is the first three books at the very least they start out almost identical really like at the very least like the structure of it it Mm -hmm. is harry potter having sad times birthday then suddenly the wizarding world pops in and either makes things a lot more complicated usually it makes things a lot more complicated which leads to more straight for harry but then once he's free of the dursleys and fully embraces the magic it he's good to go yeah um and I think that out of the three that we've read so far, this is my first beginning. Uh, this not first. This is my favorite, uh, like, beginning of, the, of mm-hmm. the novel because the foreshadowing in it is a lot more subtle. And it also shows uh, a little bit more of Harry's power growing because it's supposed to be, like, magic is pretty hard to do. And not many people can do magic without directly using a wand or saying a spell. And Harry just gets, oh, boy, he's real mad uh, and then, like, inflates his aunt to just float away. So it it shows that Harry is like super powerful, and it was not someone else interfering; it was mm-hmm. him doing something in this. And then he, it was also the sort of the foreshadowing of the black wolf just showing up. And I'm like, what's that? And JK's not saying it looks familiar. It almost looks like he could be an uncle of mine. Like it's 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 nothing <laughs> like that. Like the the father the the wolf doesn't look avuncular to him. It's it's just yeah. it's a black wolf. What's that? And then the night bus. Yeah. which I like the night bus it's not the most important thing but I like the night bus except for maybe we, we can actually Ooh, you know what I just I, I kind of forgot about the uh, the talking head in the window was that like a
0: that was a movie only
1: because that was a movie only thing was, yeah. that's what I was gonna say because it wasn't it was not in the book and I was like I swear I remember this it was even in Lego and that's usually that usually doesn't stray me wrong
0: no, it was Harry only, or Harry only. <laughs> <laughs> movie only.
1: Movie only. And while
0: we're on the topic of the beginning of the book, I just want to complain about Aunt Marge for a hot second. That's fine. Because, Go for it. Because, oh my, the, there's the one, the one piece uh, in, the, of course, like one of the fir- first few chapters, we meet Aunt Marge, where we learn that at four, like at, it was at Dudley's fifth birthday party, Aunt Marge just canes Harry so Dudley will win. Like right to the shins. Harry is four years old at that point. That's a child. It's
1: <laughs> like I want you. I want you to picture this. You're at cousin Timmy's like fourth birthday party. Imagine just he's running and he. Eats it on like linoleum because your your grandma your aunt just hit him in the leg with a cane like he's he's going to be crying and since nobody cares about him he's gonna continue to be crying or at the very least get yelled at for like whining about it he is he, he is being bullied relentlessly as a four year old
0: like I feel like that goes back to like man the Dursleys are crap why did he ever get to like why did they ever take him back there. Oh, my God, but of course... Yeah, there it is. It's right there on page 18. At Dudley's fifth birthday party, Aunt Marge had whacked Harry around the shins with her walking stick to stop him from beating Dudley at musical statues. Uh, ma'am! <laughs> <I>, what? <laughs> I
1: just... Why uh, didn't they give him to a foster pa- family? I know we talked about this in the first one, but, like, any foster family, muggle or not, would have been better. Like... Oh, my gosh. I would... I, uh, I know Hagrid's <laughs> a bit drunk, which we can... We'll touch on, but, like... Come on, give it to him at the very least. Like, somebody that's not a Dursley.
0: Oh, my gosh. And, uh, petition, let Molly Weasley adopt this child. <laughs> um, and see, I think that's the thing. And we get the the heartbreaking piece there towards the end, of course, of Sirius is like, hey, you can come live with me. I don't care what Dumbledore says. You'll come live with me. And it just breaks my heart because in a different timeline, that would have been what it was. And I, I read this thing, um, of course, like some, like, Garbage Harry Potter fan theory, miscellaneous, <laughs> and it's just like the heartbreaking piece of like Lupin waking up in the in the carriage to like looking at the perfect mix of like two of his best friends, and then in, in a different world, in a different timeline, he would have been Uncle Remus, and he would have you know he would have been a part of Harry's life at an earlier age, and it's just so heartbreaking. And I just I hate the Dursleys. Mm-hmm. I hate the Durle- Dursleys, and I I have so much sympathy in my heart for both Sirius and Lupin throughout this entire book. Also, I love Lupin so much. <laughs> I, I I know I said that earlier, but there was so much just... Uh, he's my favorite character, and he deserves the world, and he's the only good teacher Harry ever has as a Defense Against the Dark there Arts. There is no other Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher that even comes close to Lupin's abilities. And just, anyhow, <laughs> that was a big tangent, but the biggest... Like the uh, two of the biggest pieces of plot throughout this is it follows, of course, Sirius and his battles in the legal system, and specifically Buckbeak's, not necessarily Buckbeak's battle with legal systems, but more of Hagrid's, which in, of course, which is in defense of Buckbeak. Yeah. Um, and of course, we find out by the end of the novel that Sirius is innocent. Sirius has been framed by Pettigrew, and there's just this. Sirius went to Azkaban with no trial there was no tri- trial there was no questioning they just shipped him off and it just oh, man i oh it just hurts me so much that and this is like we're going to get like real and in into now for <laughs> just a hot second um, because i think that's that is a comment that can be made of course like you know before you can get you know you have to go to trial at least here in the US but even then there's the whole argument of like plea deals and just how, you know, they're like, hey, listen, we understand that you're innocent. However, you can't convince a jury that you're innocent. So just go ahead and take this minimal plea because if you take it to court, you're going to get far it's, worse than you got.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, like, dive into how whack our current justice system is. Right. But, like, it's based off something.
0: Right. And the fact that Sirius doesn't even get a chance to defend himself, he just, you know, he gets sent straight into Ask Man, um, which is like wizarding not guantanamo what's
1: uh, we alcatraz, alcatraz. <laughs> I
0: was like, the, I one, it's, like the one it's like,
1: named after
0: yeah um but like he doesn't he doesn't get the opportunity to not to prove his innocence and that's just so and honestly like that's another thing is you see this like internal doubt in sirius as well of him, he believes he's guilty not of, of course, killing a bunch of muggles and and for killing Peter, which is what he gets sent to, to prison for, but he thinks he's guilty for getting his best friend killed because it was his idea. We learn to change secret keepers, um, which just, oh, just man, whack. <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: know how else to like. It's, I mean, it's 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 hard because it is something that. I mean, there's not really much correlation. There's not many people that are going to like fully be like, oh, I understand what Sirius is going through. Like, I too have, like,
0: been wrongfully accused of murdering hundreds of people.
1: (laughs) I've wrongly been accused of near genocide and also ratting my friends out. Kind of. Like, it's a thing that's really hard to wrap your head around how badly he must feel and also how much he must hate Peter. Yeah, it's like, I don't know it's 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 a lot coming from this guy, and it makes yeah. me feel for the character a lot.
0: Right, and we can hit on that when we talk about Sirius more mm-hmm. in depth too. Um, but we see we see Hagrid's kind of battle on behalf of Buckbeak throughout throughout the year seri- like throughout this this book specifically, and we see the manipulation of Malfoy's manipulation specifically, both. The younger and the and the older Malfoy's manipulation of the court to try to get this this innocent creature dead, and the thing that always gets me, and I think the biggest kind of sign of this theme of injustice of a legal system, is that in the later in the later chapter, of course, it, it talks about Hagrid's like, yes, um, I'm going to repeal, you know, and and Ron takes over, you know, doing all the research and stuff, but he's like, I'm going to r- repeal it. Um, he's going to be innocent because he is innocent. And at the repeal, they show up with the ex- executioner to the appeal, mm-hmm. which is just so messed up, oh, man. Like it's just one of those things that like their mind was already made up, repeal or not, they were ready to to get it dead. Mm-hmm.
1: Which is which is very similar to how Sirius was being treated. Even though it seemed like, for instance, later in the book, it says that albus was like oh guys i believe you there's just not enough evidence you don't have enough time you'd have to live two lifetimes or whatever yeah um it is i mean it it's a very correlative that they know they know the truth or at the very least they have an idea of what the truth is but they don't care because they know they're they know that they don't want that and this is easier they need someone to put the blame on
0: and i think that's it too and and of course um to hop back on the on the show horse of Malfoy's little Pratt. we see his whole thing is he has this hatred for Hagrid and this like he doesn't listen to the to what you know to the basic instructions Hagrid gives which causes this creature that is known to get violent if you just if you skip steps a b and c and go straight for like step d yeah um is known to get violent granted yet Hagrid probably shouldn't have been teaching about the 13 year olds about this like you know, magical so-and-so that's probably going to kill somebody. They signed
1: the field trip <laughs> waiver. It's fine. Don't worry about it.
0: Sign here on the dotted lines. If you're dead, it's not our fault. But, like, we see Malfoy, like I said, Malfoy just disregards everything as he does. I mean, his immediate thing is, I'm just going to get him fired because he is not worth my time. Yeah. Um. And in that, okay, a little bit of a tangent. But on that same note, Malfoy does the same thing to Lupin. He disregards the like Lupin's teaching abilities because of the state of his robes, which we learn is because werewolves are very, very like ostracized. It's yeah, yeah. That's
1: that's a good word for it. I mean, they, like,
0: they're, they're very they're very pushed out of society. Yeah, I mean, it's very hard for Lupin to get a job as a werewolf, and Malfoy just immediately going, well, his robes aren't his. He's not like clean and polished it's his fault he's poor um therefore he if he is that poor he could never teach me anything i need to know um which obviously we see is completely false because it is the only education that sticks throughout the entirety of their their years of, at hogwarts mm-hmm. um but anyhow that's a little bit of a tangent but we see just malfoy attempting to get haggard fired by doing this but his main goal of course is to get Buckbeat. When, when he realizes he can't get haggard fired he he realizes that he can get this beast killed all because his dad can can blackmail people and pull the strings and we've seen that last novel too I mean in Chamber of Secrets we've seen um, Lucius Malfoy pulling the strings and getting everybody you know getting everybody to be against Dumbledore because he can blackmail him and in very much the same sense he does that to Buckbeak. and and then also That is also, obviously, it it speaks of of justice systems as a whole, but we can see that even today in justice systems of how easy it is to pull strings to get exactly what you want as a person in power, specifically a man in power, specifically a white, powerful man, (laughs) um, to get what you want in your favor. Um,
1: I mean, it's, (laughs) listen, it is, is once again, not to delve too much, but it is, easier than ever to let like the corporation uh, the corporations make the regulations right. like hold no one accountable.
0: Well, and, and and the Malfoys I think I think we can pull that connection to the Malfoys throughout mm-hmm. the series too.
1: They are like a rich and powerful family. Uh like like we've talked about before, they introduce themselves by Malfoy first. Like make mm-hmm. sure that is the first thing you know about them so you do not treat them as like anything lower than they think that they deserve. Right. It is, it is, they are supposed to be like these, quote unquote, like 1%. They are the high, in air quotes, like family that nobody should disrespect. Mm -hmm. And that's how they all treat themselves with slowly waning as things go on and getting a little bit more lenient at the very least on Malfoy's and Narcissia. Is that how you pronounce the mother's name? Narcissia? Yeah. Something like that.
0: Yeah, and we see, and we'll see a little bit of, of specifically Draco's character growth as we get further in the series. Um, and if you if you count Curse Child as as canon, no, we don't. <laughs> hypothetically, then Curse what? <laughs> Would you say hypothetically we see like the big change in Draco's character there, mm-hmm. where he is just more of a um, a tolerable human um, to say the least. But at this point, he, it, I don't know. You just. Is this book, too, like I said, is when you see the big strings being pulled by Lucius Malfoy with no check. Mm-hmm. There is no power check for this man. Um, the the closest dose of power check he has received is Dumbledore being able to be headmaster and a nice, clean punch to the face by Arthur Weasley, mm-hmm. uh, both in last book. But And hopping back to the serious struggle with the legal systems, we see Snape doing a very similar thing that, to what Lucius kind of does which is Snape is manipulating the situation um, of course post them coming out uh, out from underneath the weeping willow mm-hmm. or whomping willow um, and loop and, and Lupin turning and all that um, where Snape is a Snape is kind of aware of the fact that the Peter Pettigrew is a thing.
1: He he just I think even if he does know I'm I'm not sure if he is but even if he does know he is kind of blinded by the revenge.
0: Oh my gosh! I just had this epiphany. Oh my! Snape knew Pettigrew was the mole. Think about Snape would have had to have known because I'm Snape thinking. was Dumbledore's spy.
2: Oh. And he
0: was like right hand. You're right. Man knew Peter Pettigrew was guilty. Guilt. He should have. still was like, I'm gonna hold this. Okay, first off, Snape is gross. Um, which, real quick, something that
1: like I said earlier, I just this just came up to me. Snape's the same age as like the rest of the, the rest of the group. Yeah. In my mind, he is like. 20 years older than, like, right. James. Like, that is... I, and I think... I think that's just because Alan Rickman played him in the movies, and that's how my brand is interpreted. But right. he feels so much older. And I think that shows that, like, not the stress that he's been through, but, like, the way that he has lived himself has made him feel a lot older, or the right. way he's portrayed.
0: And I think, which this this also goes into the, the movies affecting the perception as well. And then and I'll get back on the Snape and serious thing. In the books, they're, all like... Sirius, Remus, are only mid-30s at the most. Mm-hmm. James and Lily had Harriet 21 years old. Um, so add, what, 13 years on that? Yeah, mm-hmm. they're 33, right? Uh, I did math, right? Yeah, like, yeah they're like, like mid-30s. Um, and, of course, in the movie, they are minimum 40 years old. Mm-hmm. And that's because, of course, I mean, we know that that uh, that Alan Rickman was cast as Snape, and then they aged them accordingly Yeah. To, to Keep Alan Rickman, who is the perfect Snape, like, yeah, yeah, no, also, there's, oh my gosh, mm. amazing actor. But I think that's where the movies have that influence on us is we forget how young they are. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, 30's, 30 is relatively young, especially at the, for what compared to the rest of the characters in the series. Uh, you know, McGonagall's significantly older, mm-hmm. Dumbledore is old as dirt, yeah. yeah, even like when we get into like Slughorn and Umbridge and characters, like, they're older,
1: mm-hmm. other than the main characters, like, yeah, everyone I mean, is. Significantly up there.
0: Yeah, and I think... Even Hagrid. Yes, and he's minimum, what, 60?
1: Yeah, because he he went to school with Riddle.
0: Uh, Yeah, 50 years ago, too. So it'd be like one of those things that, like... Snape, despite being 30 years... Also, this kind of makes a different comment, too. Snape, despite the fact he is 30-some years old, he is still holding on to these schoolboy, like, grudges he has against Sirius and against Lupin, specifically. We see... Oh, my gosh... Snape teaching on werewolves because he's mad because Lupin was friends with Sirius and James and mm-hmm. Sirius and James bullied him. Grow he- up, man. Like yeah. I don't know what to tell you. Also, you shouldn't be bullying children because you didn't like their parents.
1: I mean, it's it is why he made a a good spy. It's most likely why he was chosen by Dumbledore. I mean, you you need somebody who is going to look like a disgruntled person that would join the a guy who calls himself the Dark Lord. Like no well-adjusted person is going to join uh, Voldemort's <laughs> army. He was the the best choice that Dumbledore had, while also knowing that he would still stay loyal.
0: I'm say, and that's it. We'll get into that a little bit more too mm-hmm. when we get. I think that's Order of the Phoenix, uh, Half Blood Era. Uh, yeah, it's but, um, somewhere around there. A couple there. books from now, but. We see that the only reason Snape stays remotely loyal to Dumbledore is because of Lily. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is like. Because, yeah, that's a whole different. And of course, we learn that the reason Snape hates specifically Sirius so much is because of this near death attempt. Sirius, being a punk little 15 year old, uh, tried to lure Snape down into the Weeping, you know, down to the Whomping Willow while Lupin was in werewolf form. Just to get him o- not killed, obviously, but to scare him away from everything.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, which is why we learned, of course, that, that Snape is is indebted to James, but he kind of got over that, I guess, because he saved Harry that one time. Uh, I have to remember that this isn't video recorded, so my little like head nods and <laughs> like, uh, um, is not conveyed efficiently. <laughs> but, um, but we see Snape um, there at the end. Not the end, but like before the Time Turner stuff begins, mm-hmm. where he is talking to Fudge, um, and is like, "Yes, I watched. I watched uh, Sirius Black almost murder the boy, and they were imperious and then you know he had them under his control." Mm-hmm. And then Harry's like, "No, you're wrong." And then of course, like Snape's like, "Shut up, boy," and that kind of yeah,
1: like you were imperious, How would you know? Like right. yeah,
0: and and. So Snape keeps this hatred to where he reveals to everybody Lupin's like lifelong secret. He's so upset because he loses his Order of Merlin that he just goes and ruins poor Lupin's life. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, you, know, you can't keep a D.A. professor along for too long, mm. you know. But it just... <sighs> Snape's manipulation of the whole situation makes it ten times worse. Because if Snape hadn't been Snape, um we probably would have been able to have harry convince Cornelius Fudge that Sirius wasn't the problem.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Granted that goes back into the whole everybody needing a scapegoat for things. But at the same time I think we Harry has enough influence uh, with his fame and with his name that I think he probably would have been able to convince Cornelius Fudge of of Sirius's innocence. Mm-hmm. But Snape running his mouth and being a brat ruined that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is also a Snape hate account. Like, <laughs> come <on. laughs> if you are Snape yeah. sympathizer, leave. I don't care. Snape redemption arc my ass, no no.
1: S- Snape Get, Umbridge oh. and like Grandpa Joe from like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory <laughs> are in like equal levels in my mind. They <laughs> what
2: did Grandpa Joe me?
1: <laughs> Tangent. Grandpa Joe. <laughs> That man was bedridden so much he was like, I can't work. My legs don't work. And then Charlie's like, I got a golden ticket. And he springs from his feet and starts dancing. This man could dance this whole time, but wasn't working for this very poor family? <laughs> Screw Grandpa Joe.
0: He's up there with Umbrage. <laughs> this is a Grandpa Joe hate account. This is a Grandpa Joe
1: hate account.
0: Um... Only, only villain that I will accept a redemption arc for is Draco Malfoy because he is a child.
1: And also, you can see you can see the His, gears yeah. turning throughout the books. Like he, this is probably the worst he. Is
0: yeah. this the worst he is? Well, I mean, he does a lot of like schoolboy BS to like yeah, to, like, Ron. but like, this
1: is the most like entitled prick sort of Malfoy, I think. Absolutely. And I think from here it only gets better. Now, here is something that I thought of that. Uh, I'm not sure if we have enough to dive into right now. Go for it. I mean, there's obviously the trend that no DADA uh, professor <laughs> yeah. is staying. Is there a reason to that? Is there some, like some more meaning behind yeah. that? I don't think we have enough at, at this, point, this point. At this
0: point in the series, no, 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 because um, Dumbledore explains it last book. Remember, he oh, does the he does. whole explaining with, um, you know, Voldemort originally wanted this whole. Um, he wanted the, the D.A.D.A. DAD position. And Dumbledore told him, get out. Mm-hmm. I don't care. And then that's when he cursed it. And they haven't been able to keep a professor since. Mm-hmm. And we learn. Um, so, of course, he hires Quill. He hires Lockhart. He forces Lupin. Dumbledore pulls some strings and gets Lupin the job. Mm-hmm. Lupin is so desperate for work, he's okay. And he's yeah. like, whatever, okay. Um Moody becomes a professor only by Dumbledore's force. Mm-hmm. He owed him a favor. Umbridge is the the Ministry of Magic's kind of in, like you know, mole. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Snape is you know that's a whole different. Yeah. But Slughorn only comes on as a potions master on a favor to Dumbledore. Yeah. Um, and that seems to be the theme because at this point it has been. You know, like 15, 20 years of them unable to keep a professor on staff a yeah. year. Um, so, and, and Lupin is the last... First off, Lupin, like we said earlier, Lupin is the only decent professor that they ever get for DADA. Mm-hmm. Hot take Snape isn't the worst when he's as DADA professor. He's a douchebag for many of reasons. Man oh. knows his dark arts, obviously. Yeah. I honestly...
1: Mad Eye Moody is a big gap in my mind. Like I, I can't remember. <laughs> it's a big
0: gap in Moody's mind too. I, I can't remember.
1: I don't. I can't remember when Moody began and when Barty Crouch took over. I don't know if it was. It's never the,
0: clarified, and we'll dive into that a little bit more next. Yeah, week. because I don't so, think there is a clear divide yeah. in that.
1: I didn't mean to like bring that tangent, tangent, right? But like I, I, I just wonder if like, if like J K had a point to that more than just like, oh, it's cursed. If it's supposed to. Be symbolism for anything i don't think so but it feels a little strange to like all of them leave and she only explains it with oh it's cursed at the very end i don't know i think it's just food for thought that we can think of as we go on i
0: think yeah i think it's a good little chunk to keep keep in the mind as we keep going um so i think we can we can move move from snape um to a different gross politician or a gross person to a gross politician uh which will we'll dive into fudge
1: Oh, that um, gross politician! Sure, <laughs> sure <laughs> no, 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 no. Like they
0: are like, ooh, which one? <laughs> um, so Fudge, of course, runs uh, throughout the series as this very stereotypical politician. He is the kind of person who only cares about image, mm-hmm. um, image of the ministry, image of the wizarding world. Um, he doesn't care who he hurts on the way. Yeah. Um, we see, of course, he f- you know he's he sends. He's the one that kind of helps get Dumbledore yeeted, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, because Malfoy is pulling some strings, and, mm-hmm. and Fudge just wants it. To, Fudge is the one who is responsible for putting Hagrid in Azkaban, mm-hmm. um, in book two, because he thinks, oh well, this is a good scapegoat. Mm-hmm. Um, and and we see that in this book, um, with specifically Sirius. Sirius. Um, he he
1: gets scapegoated to and fro with for this one and even even in like almost direct wording that is like it's going to look really bad uh, that this guy got out he's not caring about the like cuz we know that he is innocent however he, in his mind he is a mass murderer he's not car- he's not caring about the people that would be affected by the release of a mass murderer he is concerned oh gosh the paperwork I ay ay. like it's
0: uh, the, like cuz To think that Fudge had to take a big step to get this very publicized, even in the muggle world. Mm -hmm. Um, But if he didn't do that, if Black escaped and they didn't do anything about it, that would reflect poorly on him. And and Fudge does a lot of saving his own. Fudge only cares about keeping his job and keeping in public favor. And we'll see that a whole lot more after next week. Um, specifically going into the Order of the Phoenix Mm -hmm. is when we definitely see a lot of that from Fudge. Um, But we see Fudge's, like, readiness, I guess you could say, to just give Snape this big title. So it's the scene right there at the beginning of Chapter 21. um, And, you know, Fudge is kind of hyping up Snape, which is just disgusting anyway. Um, And he's, (laughs) like, shocking. Oh, my gosh, miracle no one died. Um, it was like you were, you know, they were lucky you were there, Snape. And he's like, Oh, thank you, Minister. Um, and then he's like, You know what? You're at least getting Order of Merlin, second class, if not first class, um, if I can manage anything about it. So, Fudge is trying so hard to get this swept under the rug mm-hmm. to appease everyone.
1: He's trying to change the subject immediately from uh, Snape uh, that these two people were there on the campus to. Snape is hero. Like, he's changing everything from the negative to the positive, doing it as quick as possible, which is honestly what happened when Sirius first got arrested in the first place.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and it just... Oh, fudge is disgusting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we see a little bit more of that, too, in how he interacts with Harry. Um, of course, earlier in this, in the book, we see Harry running away from home, and we see just fudge is like he's concerned that harry is on the run mm-hmm. not because this is a child who has ran away from home um he may be in danger he is technically the chosen One. Oh my gosh no he's afraid that sirius black is going to murder harry potter and then that's going to be a whole thing that's that gonna he's going to have to deal with it's a
1: press nightmare can you believe right.
0: it and that's totally oh my gosh that's so messed up Mm-hmm. Poor Harry just gets neglected by every adult in his life, with the exception of Lupin. Mm-hmm. Um and then Sirius and Hagrid.
1: There are a choice few. There are right. A choice there is few. a very
0: select few people. Because like, oh, we'll get into like Dumbledore exploiting Harry basically. You know what's weird? It's every
1: character that is like covered in hair. Like it is Hagrid with his huge beard, <laughs> it, and it is the two characters that turn into dogs.
0: <laughs> I don't think that's a, a correlation, but we'll take it. It's weird, though, that it happened three times, right? The like... three people who respect Harry as a human, as an adult, um, are three people covered in hair. <laughs> um, Beards are dogs. Only people that respect uh, Harry Potter's humanity, I guess. There we go.
1: I got the beard. You must be. You must. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa, hold <laughs> the, hold just... <laughs> the hell up. Hold the hell up. I don't like what you're applying, and I will physically fight. Um. <laughs> I don't. Anyhow. We're gonna keep going here, um, and that kind of that fuels in pretty well to from Fudge's inability to be a decent human, um, and decently interact with Harry to the people that are loyal to Harry, of course. And like we said, we have Lupin, um, and, and Sirius and Hagrid, um, all three of which the trio express heavy, heavy loyalty to. From this, of course, like, they have been loyal to Hagrid for. You stop to start here. <laughs> like, um, or yeah, start to stop. I flipped that around. Um, but of course, they, There is almost the moment they have a conversation with Lupin, they become fiercely loyal to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the moment he saves their lives on the train, um, they defend Lupin to, like, to every end. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just, Of course, we see a little bit of their defense against, um, you know, when Malfoy tries to say stuff about Lupin. Mm -hmm. They are the first people to be like, hey, shut up. Um, And I just – and we see Lupin's loyalty to the trio, specifically to Harry, of course. um, But he – the only reason the man goes to the Whomping Willow is because he sees on the Marauder's Map – that Harry, Hermione, and Ron are all with both Sirius and Pettigrew. Mm-hmm. Which is like,
1: oh, Pettig- uh, pe- oh like, that's not—that's oh, not, not a name like, I wanted to see. Wait a
0: second. Um, but it hits the oh crap button in in Lupin's brain, and his only thing is, I need to save the kids. Mm-hmm. He runs full speed. He does not care. He completely neglects the fact that it's the full moon. Um, he
1: doesn't even take the potion that stops it.
0: He just drops everything and runs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and it's this. Granted, protecting these children that you have ba- basically parented a year for a year um, and saving them from a mass murder and a man who's supposed to be dead. Um, but it's also just, like, his, his need to protect them in general and this, like, harsh loyalty has to them. And, of course, we see Harry's loyalty to him after Snape's crap storm of, you know, telling everybody about Lupin's secret and stuff. Um... We see that. And then we see, um, of course, Harry doesn't bat an eye when Dumbledore says that Lupin has resigned. Mm-hmm. Harry runs full speed to Lupin and is like, just stay. Just stay. You're the best teacher we have. You're a good person. Please stay. He's like, well, I can't. There's no way I can. Dumb- this is putting way too much stress on Dumbledore. And that's another per- that's another person Lupin has a very high loyalty to is Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore is the reason he got into Hogwarts. Um Dumbledore is the reason the man got a job. Dumbledore is the reason Lupin survived. Mm-hmm. Really.
1: And it's it's uh, there is there's a lot of that with throughout the book that like the common tie to most of these people is Dumbledore. Like he mm-hmm. is kind of the beacon of trust for a very long time, which is why so much kind of has to get pulled in book six, which also is one of the problems of book six because I feel like they turn on Dumbledore almost too quick. Mm-hmm. But there is there is a lot of reasons behind that. But I, I I think it really does show that like Dumbledore was doing all he could to mm-hmm. secure and protect Lupin because uh from something that was basically out of his control. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I think that that's that's really nice and shows more or less Dumbledore's like loyalty to anyone that he thinks like should be like educated like he's extending everything he he -hmm. gave even like Tom Riddle for a bit the benefit of the doubt for a long time like
0: and it's just and and another prime example of Dumbledore's kind of you know somebody who is harshly loyal to Dumbledore is Hagrid mm -hmm. we see that of course more in book in book two Um, but we see that here too Dumbledore you know Hagrid Dumbledore has this loyalty to Hagrid. He, you know, he doesn't fire him after the whole Buckbeak thing. Um, and Hagrid has this loyalty to Dumbledore for the same reason. Of course, we see the trio's loyalty to Hagrid as mm-hmm. well. Um, they sneak out of the castle to be with Hagrid when Buckbeak gets, gets got, mm-hmm. basically. Um, and we see they don't care that they're off you know that they're out of school grounds they don't they don't care that they'll get in trouble they just need to be with the person they they love mm-hmm. in this horrible time and and we see of course we see Hermione working herself to death to defend Hagrid and Buckbeak and then we see Ron pick up the pick up the pace when or pick up the slack when Hermione has to stop um and that opens up a whole different door of like the trios loyalty to each other, which I think we kind of touched on in a couple different places, mm-hmm. and we'll definitely touch on more when we get further into the into the series. Um, yeah, um, there's so m- there's so much loyalty in this book, which is yeah <laughs> yeah for as much as as much as the Harry Potter Harry Potter community craps on Hufflepuffs, um, there is so much loyalty that, that keeps these books together. They can physically fight like <laughs> let's go. <laughs> Um, because we see, of course, Sirius's loyalty to Harry, and then Harry's eventual loyalty to Sirius, of Mm -hmm. course, um, when he finds out he didn't kill his parents, um, (laughs) you know, you know, as you do, um, just one little side note, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of sus there, um, I understand that they get the big reveal of, like, is alive and all that good jazz, but Harry immediately is like, okay, Sirius, I believe you, let's live together, um, (laughs) I feel like if you think this man has murdered your parents... Um there's yeah. a, there's a couple more minutes of maybe just okay maybe maybe we need to play, take a pause. I feel like
1: I feel like the whole shrieking shack scene was uh was like enough processing cuz he kind of went through like sensory overload in that track. Along with I think everyone who's ever seen the movie <laughs> yeah. like like I think I think when you think about that it's kind of like a lot of just yelling noise in the background. Like it's it's it I think he went through enough in that scene he's like, okay, just just someone tell me what to think and that's what I'll stick with, okay? Just please.
0: Much like the actual ending of the book where everything is rushed, all of Harry's poor like poor Harry's thoughts are just rushed into Mm -hmm. one like 30 minute interaction of just like what? (laughs) Everything he's ever known has been not ever known, but like everything he's been given in this book has been shattered and just Busted all to hell, and Harry's just sitting there in the corner, like, wait, what?
1: I think the I think Lego Harry Potter does a great uh, <laughs> does a great rendition of this one, because I'm pretty sure like it's just like a food fight in that cabin, and then Harry gets like his Lego head slapped around, and then he's like, good after that, <laughs> like I.
0: <laughs> the only real adaptation that we accept in this house, <laughs> um, they are Star Kid, Harry uh, Potter musicals, um, and the Lego <laughs> the Lego <laughs> Harry Potter movies um anyhow and with with of course um Sirius's loyalty we look at the Sirius the relationship between Sirius and Lupin. Um both thought the other was the mole. Mm-hmm. Um of course Lupin thought Sirius was the reason his best friends were dead. Um all of them, which, Pett- you know Pettigrew in- included. Which was valid. Like yeah, he had a complete I reason be, to.
1: Yeah. I,
0: we learn later on of course that the that um, Lupin is off on a mission when all of this goes down. Mm-hmm. Man did not get to say final words to any of his friends. He he learns... I'm going to talk about somebody learning a lot of crap real fast. <laughs> um, in the span of, like, away from home, Lupin learns uh, James and Lily are dead. Voldemort is gone. And then that his... F- the only two friends he has left, Sirius and Peter, Sirius has killed Peter and a whole bunch of muggles, and it turns out Sirius was the mole. Um... The man is now on his own. Um, and you just... I just feel so heartbroken for Lupin most of the series, too. And that's it. However, upon seeing Pettigrew on the map and going... Of course, he, like I said, he goes more to like protect Harry. Um, but we also see Lupin wanting an explanation. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't bat an eye to believe Sirius. Um, after I'll seeing Pettigrew alive... He's like, okay, there's something here I don't know.
1: Yeah, it's, he's, I don't think he ever gave up hope for Sirius. I think that just at the time, there wasn't anything, like, just just like Dumbledore said, there wasn't any evidence other than Peter was the only missing link. And as soon as he showed up, uh, Lupin was like, okay, listen, if you think, if if you're going to say that you're innocent, I am believing you because screw this rat. Like, (laughs) literally literally (laughs) and metaphorically.
0: Um, and then, of course, we see the scene between the two of them where they both do, like, a really quick apology mm-hmm. um, to each other because Sirius assumed that, that Remus was the mole mm-hmm. um, there at the beginning, you know, before. Yeah. That's the reason he has Peter be the secret keeper um, instead of him because he was afraid that his friendship with, with Remus would be an obvious – obviously, I mean, like Sirius was closest to James too as well. But so Sirius, James,
1: yeah, James was not really an option
2: for right. the mole. Well,
0: right. And but you see, um, you know, Sirius was obviously afraid of not afraid of being the secret key. He was afraid of somebody taking um of knowing that it was him mm-hmm. and torturing him to get that information and that they would be able to get it out of him. Um so he's like, Hey, nobody would suspect it's Peter. Um, you know who really wouldn't suspect that? That role that mole Lupin. Mm-hmm. Um and and I think that's an important thing to remember. And I think that's where the kind of Marauders map comes in. And it shows these four boys were best friends: James, Remus, Sirius, and Peter. The four of them were inseparable in their entire time of Hogwarts. Um, but in the time, ta- and I think it kind of it talks about how it shows how in wartime you never know who to trust. Mm-hmm. And we see that in 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 the apology between Sirius and, Lu, and and Remus, where they he's like, "I'm so sorry, I thought you were the mole," and then Remus is like, "I'm sorry, I thought you killed James." Um, and then we also see a little bit, um, hopping into that a little deeper, we see their their loyalty, their combined loyalty to Harry, um, come out when they are ready to murder Peter Pettigrew.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: They they. Honestly, they should have. The series would have been a lot different if they just... Um, but when Harry stands up and goes, don't kill him. and They're like, don't you understand? He's the reason you have no parents. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, but I don't think my parents would want you to be murderers. Um, I did see this. This is another, like, we're going to get fan theory for a hot second. Okay. Um, I fully believe James Potter would have been A-OK with his two friends killing Peter.
1: I will hesitantly agree.
0: Because, so hear me out. If pe- Peter was the reason, you know, of course that he did. Yeah. That's, but if, uh, if, like, something could happen there and, and Peter ratted them, but they didn't die. I don't think James would have batted an eye. He, get him gone. He's yeah. the reason he put my kid and my wife in danger.
1: Yeah, that's that's him. not really what I was, I, that's, yeah, that makes more sense. Because, like, I don't think, I, I don't think without if it was just James that would die, he probably wouldn't want him dead. But because Harry nearly died, and his wife did Lily, die. That's yeah. probably – like, okay, come on.
0: like Get him gone. Get However, out of here. However, when Harry – I have this – personally, I think that when Harry stands up and says, don't kill them, they do not see James in that moment. They are seeing Lily, mm-hmm. um, who we've known to be far more com- – like, we'll learn, of course, later in the series, too, to be far more compassionate than the four boys. Um, and – I think that in that moment, it's not that that James wouldn't be... They're not seeing James telling them not to be a murderer. They're hearing Lily telling them Mm -hmm. it's not worth killing him. It's not worth you guys going to prison for killing this man when you can get your name cleared, you can, you know, all this. Just logic through it for a Mm -hmm. second. Um, And I just... uh, Yet again, it's just heartbreaking, man. (laughs) Yeah. and talking on loyalty, still, too, we see how Pettigrew manipulates their loyalties to him, their loyalties to each other, and then how his loyalty to whoever is the highest bidder come in.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and and Ma- McGonagall says it in a little bit of exposition we get when Harry sneaks in to, to Hogsmeade, um, the, that it was weird, not weird, that they took in Peter, but Peter was not the people you they would have organically became friends with. Um, because you had James and Sirius who were both good looking and good good athletes, and the like, you know, the like like the jocks. And you had Lupin, who made sense to tag with them because he was funny. He, you know he was smart and um, he could keep up with them just as well. Mm-hmm. And then you had Peter, who was this frumpy little, dorky looking boy who was developmentally slow. It was very odd that they took him in, but everybody else viewed it as a charity course we will learn later that it wasn't that Mm -hmm. that that they really do they did consider peter as much of a friend as the other three but we see peter just trying to get the most influence not influence he can but whoever has the bigger hand to hold over Mm -hmm. him that is who he goes to Um, and we see that he doesn't bat an eye to turn and and rat lily and james to voldemort um, and it's just, he plays on the, the, the battle of loyalties specifically between Sirius and, Lo- and Lupin, and they're kind of distrusting each other mm-hmm. as well as both of their harsh loyalties to, to, to James and Lily to be able to get scot-free on it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think, and I don't like Peter. Oh. Uh,
0: no, <laughs> this but, is also a Peter Pettigrew uh, hate account. Of. But I
1: will say, I don't think that it is as—I don't think it was like on a dime. I do think there was manipulation by Voldemort. Oh, done. absolutely. And I don't—I don't think that without that he would have just just straight up joined. I want—I'm what I'm saying is I want to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. I—I n- I still don't like him. I still don't think it's like reasonable either way. But I definitely don't think the fault is entirely on him for him turning.
0: Yeah, I I can agree to that. I think it plays into his kind of want to fit in. Mm-hmm. And we'll learn in later books that by the time the, the, the potters get ratted out, the ward looks grim. Yeah. If it had not been for that, that Halloween hoopla, she could call the murder of Jason. <laughs> you know, anyhow, if it wasn't for that event right there the war would have been the other way. Mm-hmm. The war was looking the other way. And I think it's it's a little bit of Peter's self-preservation coming in there, too. Um, still, screw Peter. He's yeah. gross and awful. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, I don't know. And that plays into, I think, different types of bravery and shows more of his... I don't know that bravery is the right word either. But um I think it shows a little bit more of of Peter's <sighs> I cannot think of the word. I am going
1: Here go describe I'm it. Just, I'm, like, I'm I'm not sure.
0: Not obviously not courage, but this like
1: self-preservation?
0: Yeah, I guess. I mean, obviously he's he's trying to save his own. Yeah, save um, his own hide. Right. And and that's completely reasonable. Obviously, that's not the brave option. The Brave Option is doing exactly what Sirius and, and mm-hmm. Remus do, which is, is wholeheartedly... It doesn't matter how grim the future looks. You stand with what you stand with. Stand for your cause kind of thing. But nobody can blame Peter for not taking that, you know? Yeah. But, I don't know, I just... It's easy It's easy being on the outside to look at yeah. Like, Peter betraying his friends is so messed up. Oh, my... But, when you... I mean...
1: It's easy to cast—it's easy to cast stones when you're on the outside.
0: Right. Um, but like I said earlier, we have this very obvious proof that these boys were friends in the form of the Marauder's Map. Uh, one of my favorite scenes in this book is the Marauder's Map bullying Snape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. And in fact,
0: the first one that we see bully Snape is is, is Remus, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Um Oh, gosh. I want to find it because I just, I love it so much.
1: It's really funny. It's so it's...
0: good. So good.
1: It's just like, ugh, gross. Who's holding me right now? Hold on. No way.
0: Oh, my God. It's right here. Yeah. Mr. Mooney uh, presents his compliments to Professor Snape and begs him to keep his abnormally large nose out of other people's business. Mr. Prongs agrees with Mr. Rooney, um, and would like to add that <laughs> Professor Snape is an ugly git. Oh my! God. Um, Mr. Padfoot would also like would like to uh, register his astonishment that an idiot like that could become a professor. Uh, Mr. Wormtail bids Professor Snape a good day and advises him to wash his hair. That slimeball. It's so I. Just,
2: it's like
0: they were okay. R- granted, they were probably in their like sixth. They were probably like 15, sixteen, seventeen, writing this. Yeah. First off, that is right up an alley for like some high school punk. But it's so good. (laughs) But also, maybe he should try conditioner. (laughs) Like maybe like some
1: tea tree and mint or something. Like (laughs) anything really, even Um, some leave-in.
0: Like, come on, buddy. Like you'll figure it out. Um, But I think that is such a prime example of of the friendship between all the marauders. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it's easy to forget. That Peter was one of their best friends too. Um, and it just, I as much as I hate J.K. Rowling, as much as I refuse to give her any more money, um, also as much as I refuse to acknowledge Cursed Child as a thing, <laughs> I would kill for a Marauder spinoff.
1: It would be. It would be nice. I. <laughs> Listen, I'm just saying. Somebody else, you want to take a crack at it? I. I at this point. If we had, like people have joked about like, oh, JK, she didn't write Harry Potter. like,
0: Right, Star we, Kid wrote it. <laughs>
1: yeah. If we have somebody else step in, I'm not, I would be, I would be willing to like read that book.
0: Absolutely. It's, uh,
1: to be fair, I think a lot of the magic would not be there. You'd have to, you'd have to write it very specifically to get the same magic out of a Marauder spinoff that you would from Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. I think that just because a lot of it, like as we were reading... For instance, I remember Chamber of Secrets being a lot better. Right. Um, There's a lot that is sort of layered in nostalgia, and I think it would be really hard to make a good Marauder spinoff if you were, as long as, you, let me rephrase. I think it would be really hard to do a Marauder spinoff that is not very service y
0: Right. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> tangent. Yeah. Um, anyhow, and, and the Marauder's map also sets up, that specifically the scene I just read, mm-hmm. sets up the Lupin versus Snape. Kind of headspace that is throughout the series. Yeah, yeah. Or throughout this book specifically. Um, So we learn, of course, one of the first lessons with with Professor Lupin is when he when Snape is bullying Neville mm-hmm. in his class. Ooh. In in Lupin's class, he is. Bu- Snape is bullying Neville about you know how he's bad at he's bad at being a wizard and all this, and Lupin just goes. That's not my opinion. Um, you, sh- you have no, you know, he doesn't openly say no, go to hell, Snape. Yeah. But he's very much like, I can form my own opinions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Mr. Longbottom is very capable. And that is the, of course, Snape has his whole grudge from his schoolboy years, even though it's been, yeah, over tw- at this point tw- almost 20 years. Like, yeah, get, get over it. Um, but we see, um, the beginning of the rivalry that the students can see is when Lupin is like, Neville, what's your fear? And he says, Snape.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: Lupin's like, cool. Imagine your grandma's clothes on Snape. And then that becomes the gag that runs through Hogwarts, and Snape is so mad about it. Um, we see him, then we see Snape. Granted, Snape does far more destructive things to Lupin than Lupin does to him. That's
1: true. However, I will say, much like the, much like the Marauder's Map prank, the idea of features just like, okay, this kid's obviously scared of Snape. Maybe today's the time to use the bog art. Come like, on. like, hey, maybe I can bring that uh, that old chestnut out real right. quick. Right.
0: And I just. Uh, um, also, I'm to, like I'm trying to ignore my. I love Professor Lupin so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Remus Lupin is one of my favorite characters. I have said that at least six times. Um, and I hate Snape. So I'm, I'm. There's definitely a biasy going here, but. <laughs>
1: I think Snape is—he's not the worst character in the series. We we all know yeah. that is. However, I don't think that his redemption really is worth. Yeah, works.
0: I don't think. Yeah.
1: Um. We there's a lot more time to touch on. Yeah, that later. that'll that'll be yeah
0: to come. Uh. But the this whole rivalry also Snape is baiting everybody to figure out Lupin's big secret.
2: Because mm-hmm.
0: of course Snape knows it from his school days. But he also knows, you know, also the entire staff knows mm-hmm. um, because Lupin vanishes. Yeah. Um, and the ones that were at Hogwarts already, you know, like Professor McGonagall and and I believe Madame Pomfrey is there when they're in school. I can't remember.
1: I think she is, but she's very new. Yeah. So she might not w- have known. Yeah,
0: because either way. She's a
1: doctor, though. She probably got at least one or two visits of like, how'd you get that scratch, mm-hmm. Lupin? And he's like, right. not oh. the Whomping Willow.
0: Right and like so a lot of the staff already are well aware of what what of lupin's issues um but Snape is baiting students to figure it out mm-hmm. when lupin is out for the full moon Snape is like come on we're going to learn about werewolves what what are they you know them come on um and of course the only student that figures it out is Hermione because mm-hmm. why not um but it's just so there is a difference between a schoolyard prank, and ruining somebody's life. Yeah. In my mind, there are people from high school that I have a strong disliking for. However, I would not not fan their dirty laundry to a bunch of children. Yeah. I would not waltz into my local elementary school and be like, Hey, do you remember miscellaneous person? Cool. Here's their deepest, darkest secret. Yeah. Here's the thing that they are trying to hide. That's so.
1: And it's not even. It's not even like. It's not even like Lupin did anything to like deserve being like yeah, a werewolf. One- it's sort of like if they, if you like, you told a whole bunch of children that he had a really like big birthmark that he's like kind of like he's embarrassed by and he hides it. The, yeah. Except that's- for the 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 birthmarking murder, but that's you know what I mean. You get yeah. the point.
0: Like I just, and there's also there's this other this other kind of kind of thing to think about too. The reason Snape hates the Marauder so much. Not only did James and Sirius bully him, which we'll learn about later, Snape, and you know, Sirius almost gets him killed. Lupin had no bit Mm-mm. in that. No. Poor man was in his werewolf phase when that happened. He had no clue, and Sirius was just like being a little punk and was like, ah ha ha. Um, but yeah, th- no, they were kids then. They were s- what, 15, 16. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, yes, you should have more agency for yourself at the age. However, um, at 30 years old, if you were still holding this you-didn't-die thing, There, I mean, there's very, I don't know. There's like a few things that would be unexcusable. They're, they're, Snape wasn't, okay.
1: There are some things. However, none of, I don't I, don't I can
0: edit this out, but I'm going to go ahead and just say this and see if this is like... Snape didn't get hate crimed. Like I feel like if Snape got hate crimed, that'd be different. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like if like if somebody, you know, if 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 they were if they were throwing like gross toxic slurs at Snape, yeah, um, but different story. However, if they were like if first off, if Sirius was like, Oh, do you wanna know the thing that you're trying to snoop to find out? Ha ha, I know this. Sirius is your bully. You should be well aware not to trust it. If you don't trust this dude, don't take the bait. It's, yeah. Um,
1: there are things which that. Which is like, uh, I
0: don't know. We're, this is like a big rabbit yeah. hole. It's most likely going to get chopped, but. There are or. things
1: that could have happened to Sirius that if they did, I would understand holding the grudge. But nothing that really happened to him other than the. Sort of Sirius kind of being a jerk and like being like, hey, you like, want to die?
0: Like, yes, Snape seen Lupin as a werewolf. Mm-hmm. And there was there was the near-death experience. I,
1: I can understand holding a bit of a grudge. Not like I, I hate you, but like a not trusting you grudge.
0: That's the difference. Um the, Snape has every right to be sus with Lupin. Yeah. He has every right to despise Sirius. But, um... No amount of hatred could justify, you know, No, the sus that he should have with Lupin um, is not revealing this man's secret to where he could never get a job again, yeah. to where he could never live again. And, like, this Snape, I understand that Snape has a reason to be sus and kind of ha- hate serious, sus with Lupin. Um, that does not excuse him. Basically... Villainizing Lupin in a thing he couldn't control.
1: Exactly. Yeah. There's there 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 are many reasons that he could, but there's no reasons that he should.
0: Right. There are many there are many doors to take. You have to be the bigger person in that mm-hmm, situation. Yes. Um. Yeah. Anyhow, we'll, we'll, we'll back away from this. Let's get a little bit. Let's. I think the only thing left to really talk about is the characters, and we've touched yes. a little bit on them. Um, our two characters for this book would be Sirius and Lupin. Mm-hmm. Um.
1: We can do quicker, deep Yeah, dive, because so. we've we've done um, the
0: deep, deep dive there. But go for it.
1: Okay. So I, I'd i like to go a little bit. I'd like to start on Sirius, if that's all right. Um, mm-hmm. Specifically, we talked about the loyalty to Harry already with him. However, he has, like, met Harry when he's, like, a baby. And that was basically it. And then he had been in prison for most of the other time. Mm-hmm. He still, like, sends this guy uh, – he still sends Harry, like, a birthday present. And it's like, hey, here, hope you like this. And, like, he's he's trusting Harry, like, this entire time. He's not even thinking for a moment, like, this, this is a child. Uh, I barely know the guy. I only know that he's related to somebody that I used to be, like, best friends with. He is instantly, like, right back on to the – to Harry you are you are great you can live with me I'm gonna treat you just like you deserve to have like parents he's like I think there is a bit of he's pushing he's pushing James and Lily onto Harry. Harry mm-hmm. uh, not in like a like he's projecting onto them but I think that he wants to be with Harry not just because it's the son but because he thinks it's the only connection he really has left to James mm-hmm. and Lily
0: that's completely reasonable. And we see that more in, in future books as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that The more of the projection gets in there, in, specifically in Order of the Phoenix, mm-hmm. is when we see Sirius projecting onto Harry. But at this point, we see Sirius... I think you're completely right. Sir, Sirius kind of sees Harry as his only reminder of James and Lily. And he kind of is. Yeah, I mean... Um, also, and I think also... Um, Sirius is trying to protect Harry because Sirius is well aware of the thing. I think we forget. Is Sirius is well aware of the fact that Peter Pettigrew A is the is the mole. Mm-hmm. B is actively close to Harry at the exact moment he is in. Mm-hmm. The, you know, mm-hmm. that is the reason Sirius escapes is because he is made aware of the fact that Peter Pettigrew is staying mean is being kind of sheltered by the Weasleys who happens to be best friends with Harry I don't think he knows that part Sirius doesn't know that but Sirius is well aware of the fact that Pettigrew is at Hogwarts Mm -hmm. in this traditionally Gryffindor family so therefore he can assume that all of the you know all of their kids are at Gryffindor Um, and he's aware of the fact that they're at Hogwarts as well so therefore and I think part of Sirius's character comes from the fact he is so afraid of Harry getting hurt by Peter that he obviously he breaks out of wizarding prison, mm-hmm. um, but he also doesn't think twice to to do whatever he needs to do to get to Hogwarts and to protect him, even mm-hmm. if it's at a distance. Um,
1: I mean, he's. Sli- I mean,
0: uh, Manst stays as a dog for a a, a, a good portion of time. A good bit.
1: Line. Now, I will say, I know that he was like trying to test the waters at the very beginning where. Uh, Siri showed up. There is something that I've I've never really understood why he didn't like approach and be like, hey, 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 hold on, don't
0: don't freak out,
1: don't freak out. Like he didn't need to be the menacing wolf. He could have walked up to him and be like, hello, um, <laughs> my my name is Sirius Black. I knew your father, and that could have been enough.
0: Right. However, <laughs> I think you were neglecting the fact that Sirius Black is canonically one of the biggest, like, drama queens oh, in the series. Oh, for
1: sure. I know that he <laughs> wanted to. I'm just saying that he probably should have...
2: Yeah, he should have thought. Ways,
0: and I think we can kind of ration that out, just despite, despite the fact that we learned that, of course, Sirius Black is a drama queen, in mm-hmm. the most affectionate way of saying <laughs> as such. Um, but we also... I mean, all the muggles also knew his face and his name. And I imagine, and we get the little bit that that Petunia, Aunt Petunia, listens. To, she is the nosy neighbor that most of the community is well like, well familiar with. Mm-hmm. It's just like, hmm, I see you. Oh, did you know that Sally down the street got her nails done? And they're ugly. Like, in my mind, I think of her, the, you know, if somebody in that community would have seen Sirius Black, there would not been. It would have been a drop of the dime. The man would have been back in wizarding prison.
1: That's fair.
2: That's fair. That's,
0: that's the only thing I can even think to excuse. He couldn't chance walking into the leaky cauldron or anything. Um, but there was like a couple of times, uh, that like Harry's off on his own. Sirius Black could have been like, hey Harry, a little little heads up. A letter. He could have wrote him a nice little letter. Mm-hmm. He was friends with the cat. He was friends with the cat who was friends with the owl. <laughs> there were so many different ways. I always forget he was friends with he Crookshanks. Was, you know, straight up I always forget. Man was pals with the cat. <laughs> I always forget. This is also a Crookshanks' stan account. I love um, Crookshanks. Crookshanks, the best. Um, you want to talk about <laughs> character development? Let's talk about Ron Weasley's perception of Crookshanks. Uh, when when Serious sends, sends the little... little I think his name becomes pig Dwidgen. I can't ever pronounce it. Jenny names yeah, the little owl. Yeah, Right. Ron just hands him to, to Crookshanks and goes, hey, is this actually an owl? Cool, great. <laughs> <laughs> now I can have the owl. Is this actually? I just, Sirius Black was friends with a cat. Um, and that's the end of my Dr. Seuss novel. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just, uh, anyhow. Um, but yeah, there was ways that Sirius Black could have been like, yo, Harry, heads up. I didn't get your parents killed. The rat that your best friend is sleeping with literally uh, mm. did it. Right? I, I'm aware of what, what came out. We're going to keep it. In yeah, life. we'll forget it. We'll <laughs> forget it. Also, Fred, I know that this is a common fan gripe. Fred and George just didn't... Ah, Peter Pettigrew, this random person in the Gryffindor Tower, even though there's only five people we know that live here?
1: Yeah, okay. Hmm. So that's my thought. For that, of, like, they saw a Peter Pettigrew. They didn't... They they knew about the secret passages and everything of, like, how to get around the school. I always just assumed they thought it was some other student that also knew about the passages and was just sneaking around. I don't know. I don't think that they would have found it suspicious. I think that they probably would have, like, looked into it to be like, ah, who's this, who's this prankster also sneaking around? Ray. Like, he's one of us. But, like, they couldn't <laughs> find him or something. I don't know.
0: I, I guess... I can yeah. Because also you yeah, think Peter Pettigrew doesn't yeah. I don't know. I mean there's no there's obviously no canonical like evidence on either way of like him sneaking around or even just being in the tower. And it's possible that the twins just were like, "Oh well, maybe that's one of their dorm mates. We're not going to we're not going to touch that." Yeah. Um but yeah. Um I also I don't know if we have any more things to talk about Remus Lupin on. He was our other character to talk to about. To um, talk about. I um, think we
1: covered most of it. I just
0: love him. Yeah. Gonna, <laughs> that's it. I'm um, um,
1: I have a sneaking suspicion You're going to talk about him more, too.
0: Absolutely, yes. Yeah, I thought so. Um, uh, so <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I'm gonna, we could go ahead and straight into that. My MVP for the episode is obviously Remus Lupin. Mm-hmm. Um, he's my favorite character in the series. Also, like, there's just so many... The fact that Remus Lupin is the best teacher Harry will ever have with... His, I mean, you can argue McGonagall. Other than the seasoned veteran teachers, yeah. um, Remus Lupin is the best DADA teacher we see. Um, we see, of course, Harry just embodies him. And I just, I love that Remus Lupin doesn't bat an eye. Um, there are so, his blissful optimism around the grounds of Hogwarts is what really just makes me love Lupin so much. There's the scene where Peeves is trying to get under Lupin's skin and Lupin just laughs at him. Peeves is singing, um, just this little tune, loony loopy Lupin, uh, just on repeat. And it's when Peeves is sticking gum in, in the keyhole from Mr. Filch or whatever. Mm -hmm. And everyone looks at Lupin to like freak out. And he, he was just smiling. He's like, Oh yeah. Okay. (laughs) Um, and then he just pleasant the the tag literally says he says pleasantly um i would take that gum out of the keyhole if i were you peeves um won't be able to you know he, uh, filch won't be able to get his brooms um and then peeves tries to do something again um and so lupin just smiles and takes out his wand um does the little the, the does the spell of the gum and the gum just flies up Peeves' nostril? That is the only like, and Lupin's like, "Ha okay, okay." And then he just like he's like, "Come along, guys, it's all good." Um, and he does that constantly throughout the throughout. Snape being gross to Lupin, he still is just like, "Oh, thank you so much." Harry's like, "Hey, he might be poisoning you," and Lupin's like, "No, no, 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 it's fine." And I just I love Lupin's just absolute. I guess optimism might be the right word mm-hmm. but he's just like the man has been through so much in his life he he just kind of has that like let it roll off mentality to it mm-hmm. and also the fact that the whole the his whole loyalty to the trio and and the, the just the fact of him when he fi- when he has to realize that after serious talks about the fact he is innocent Lupin just not batting an eye and throwing his arms around and being like, "Okay, I have my friend back. Let's kill this rat." Um, I just love Lupin so much. Okay, you yeah. MVP. <laughs> All right.
1: Um, so I as I um as I was preparing for this, my MVP was Lupin. It's like I can't do Lupin. She's going to pick Lupin. I've known it. So I, I'd been thinking for a while on it, and I think I'm gonna give it to Hermione. I think she's gotten an MVP already, possibly, but um maybe for book if not, one. she deserves that. Yeah. Um I'm going to give it to her cuz she's she's the reason the book ends well. Even though it's a jam-packed ending, uh she is the reason that she has the time turner and I think that this is almost this is almost a Harry this is almost a Harry and Hermione book instead of like Harry, Hermione, Ron. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that she does a whole lot in this and like I I also just find the the it funny that she was like I need to take more classes I'm going to take so many classes that I have to bend reality itself <laughs> to fit them all in. Right. Like I can feel that one, Hermione. Like I, i kudos <laughs> to you that you found a way to do it. I, I, I just usually don't sleep, but, um, <laughs> um, but I, 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 I love her so much in this book and it really does a lot for her characterization and that she like, she, like, remembered all these things. Is like, we're going to have to do – We I got, like, this laundry list. We're going to have to go here and then here and then here. And then we have to make sure we don't get seen. It's like, I think that it's very nice. And plus, I'm a sucker for time travel of any sort. <laughs> I watched her – I watched Doctor Who for a long time, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, because of because of all that, because of everything she's done, she is my MVP.
0: Um, I would like to add – I'm going to add an honorary MVP. Okay. Um, to Ron. Uh, yeah, because specifically, as you were as you were talking about why Hermione is your MVP for this episode, it reminds me that Ron, um, he you know he puts the blanket over Hermione. Mm-hmm. He makes he's like question, He's like making sure she eats and sleeps. And when she find when he finds out that she's putting so much on herself with Buckbeak, he doesn't bat an eye to take it over. Mm-hmm. This is the boy who just struggles in school genuinely. Um, he doesn't bat an eye to take on extra work if it means that Hermione will be just a little better off. Mm-hmm. I just Ron Weasley should have been a hufflepuff. He's the most loyal and I just yeah, anyhow, anyhow. <laughs> um all right, I guess it's my turn for the the NVP LVP like, Oh, oh l LVP, LVP LVP. yeah, that's a lot easier to say than not valuable. um the least valuable player. oh my gosh. I'm, we we've crapped on Snape enough. I think I'll take I'll take a break <laughs> off Snape. Um I'm gonna go with Percy Weasley.
1: Okay. Yeah. That's that's fair. Um so that is a very respectable pick.
0: I think um I'm trying to, now my mind is blanked. I don't know. Maybe. Do you have one the LVP on the top of your head? I do. Okay, then I'll let you go and then come back to me. Okay.
1: So, uh for my LVP, least valuable player, um it's got to be Fudge. It's got to okay. <laughs> be Cornelius Fudge. Like there's very few other options here. Um so he is just once again, usually my criteria for this is, like, if I could take him out and the story would be relatively the same
2: mm-hmm.
1: or, like, better for the main characters uh, to, like, a, and a reasonable extent, I that, that's my pick. And Cornelius Fudge, boy howdy, he's <laughs> only thrown a spanner in the works in things that probably would have been, like, it's, like, hold on, hold on, hold on, let's think about this. Are you sure he was imperi? Are, are you sure he was imperious? Like, like everything about like Snape's story would not have been bought, but Cornelius Fudge is just like, oh, of course, you're such a savior. <laughs> it's, it's he's just aggravating to be around. Not only that, but like, <laughs> like I think we talked about if it doesn't get out. Him and Slughorn are also like the same character in my mind. So like he's he's so irreplaceable that I get him confused with a different character all the time. So he is my LVP for
0: sure. That's short. reasonable. I I found mine. Um, mine is going to be Aunt Marge. Mm. Yes, 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 yes. Um, first off, the worst. Um, we did a nice little rant about her uh, there earlier. Um, but first off, um, if you're going to cane children, uh, make it not a four year old. Actually, hold on. I think I'm going to put my foot down. Maybe don't cane children. <laughs> Hot take. Maybe don't not. Cane yeah. Like, um, also, I'm going to get
1: some flack for that. Also, so.
0: I'm going to say this real quick um, adopt, don't shop. Um, yeah. What, no. Uh, I have no respect for, for dog breeders. Um, also, I just. She, This goes right back to what we were talking about earlier in this episode with her just insulting Harry's family, insulting Aunt Petunia's family. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, don't I understand that they are dead and that you don't think they're nice? Do not talk about how awful you thought they were in front of their orphaned son. Mm-hmm. That's so, oh my God. If
1: you must... Do it behind closed doors and only after, like, maybe a couple drinks where it's spilling right. out. Not just, like, ugh, this cake's good. You know what wasn't good? Lily no Potter. Parrots.
0: Like, it's just so... She's just the worst. Um, sh- shout out to Harry for not killing her. I don't know what else to shout say Shout out to there. Harry for not
1: killing her. Shout out for Harry to give her a pretty bad fate.
0: Right. Well, I mean, but the, the ministry fixes it. The fudge comes in and wipes the slate. So yeah. another reason Fudge can get gone um <laughs> how um I guess that's that's it let's see how,
1: sorry real quick yeah how long was she floating though
0: for? I it doesn't say also she doesn't leave the she doesn't leave the house uh, yet again hot on the whole movie perception uh, she doesn't leave the house she gets just stuck on the ceiling
1: right. like I, I yeah I am just wondering though like Vernon definitely like poked her with a broom or was like hey hey is this going to work? Sorry. Yeah, no,
0: she, yeah, she just stays, she doesn't leave the house. Okay. She stays in the, that's a big, big difference between that and the movie. But, yeah. Uh, but still, yeah. Uh, probably too long, but also she deserves it. Still, so sorry. sorry. Anyhow, thank you guys so much for listening Um, to this. We we have these roundabouts of seriousness. <laughs> um.
1: Mixed, mixed in with the goofs, with the right, japes. Right,
0: right, right. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening, and we will see you next week.
1: With Goblet of Fire.
0: Yeehaw. <laughs> you have been listening to The Classroom, a U92 production. Feel free to tune in to our parent station, 91.7 FM of Morgantown, West Virginia. There will be a new episode of The Classroom live on U92 every Friday at 11 a.m. If you are out of our terrestrial reach, feel free to stream U92 at U92themoose.com. Easy enough, right? On our homepage, not only would you be able to stream new alternative music, but you would also be able to quickly find our podcast and many other great ones produced by some of our friends. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll catch you soon.